Welcome. My name is Christopher Peter and I am the political economist, investor, and podcaster behind the original content you will experience on the Christopher Peter Review. As a political economist, I aim to find ideas that can create the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people. I review salient current events and discuss the impact these events have on our public policy, our economic outcomes, and our overall society and what is the optimal approach. Let's us start off by discussing the growing number of days that Congress has been without a speaker. The 45-day extension that extended the federal budget at the same spending level is almost at the midway point. On November 17th, the whole government shutdown rhetoric will re-emerge. Only this time, the Republican-led House of Representatives might still be speakerless. As you might be aware of, legislation that appropriates funds is constitutionally required to originate in the House. The Chamber of Congress that is currently in chaos. An inconvenient perfect way to inherit a political problem. Traditionally, the president is blamed for government shutdowns, unless there is a clear effort by the opposition to use spending as a political tactic. We must acknowledge that spending is not really a political parlor trick in this situation. It really is a problem that needs to be addressed. How are we going to adequately support our allies in their fight to protect their sovereignty and freedom? How are we going to replenish our munitions and weapon systems in the case we need to protect our homeland and interests? How are we going to replenish our strategic petroleum reserve and at what price? All questions that will have an impact on our spending choices. Servicing our national debt will not get any cheaper going forward. There is a challenge to meet all the needs of today and tomorrow in an economic environment that makes raising taxes not even possible. So the federal government must operate within the funds they have available. Also, how we are going to fight these and other challenges facing our society, when one party is fighting itself and the other party is fighting reality. The infighting is coming at the worst possible time. The real risk with pursuing leadership change and not having an established contingency plan is that there might be a period of time without the ability to function effectively. And that becomes a greater issue when big events coincide with the internal struggles. And the reality we must accept to some degree is that this change in leadership is not really going to change much in outcome. When one party controls only one party of the federal government, there is an inherent need to be able to negotiate, compromise, and collaborate to get things done. Those who are really angry about McCarthy being able to negotiate across the aisle should really understand the people we elect are supposed to engage and negotiate the legislation they put in place. Being complacent to solely pass bills that fail to become law is a complete waste of time. Effective leaders bring the best solutions to reality even if there are some who feel like certain areas could be better. The goal of government should be to address the problems that are top of mind for society and our economy bringing the best ideas together and preventing radical ones from coming to fruition but I get that what is agreed to in these dealings must align with the party's interests at the same time. If you are negotiating on behalf of another, it is important that you come to terms that the party or group is comfortable with. Not just ones that get the deal done. The longer this speaker race draws out the less time there is for the new leader to chart a path to avoid a government shutdown. While some may not think it is a big deal, a government shutdown does have negative impacts on some groups of people, businesses, and our ability to function. It is better to avoid the negative than to simply accept it as a foregone conclusion when there is still time to avoid it. Now, let us discuss the world of sports. The league championship series for both leagues will be decided in seven games each, as the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros lost every home game in the American League Championship Series. My Philadelphia Phillies did not finish the job. So they will have to face a Game 7 at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hopefully the Philly crowd can make it a real and hospitable environment for the Diamondbacks. Baseball gained back its entertainment value with the new rules change. The NFL Week 7 is now complete. The pecking order of the league is much different now than what it was even two weeks ago. 
Back then, I would have argued that the San Francisco 49ers were the best team positioned to win this year's Super Bowl. They have since dropped two straight. First losing to a Browns team with a great defense and backup quarterback. Now, they capped off the week by losing to a team missing their star wide receiver and a quarterback who is generally allergic to prime time games. Not as formidable as they once were. The week started with a forgettable matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints, which the Jaguars won. The Jaguars started the year with great promise. After a major comeback win in the wildcard round and a competitive battle with the eventual champion, there was reason to feel like the Jaguars could be a force this year. For a team that has won four games in a row, they still feel like a team that is not living up to the expectations. But they still will win their division. Not much firepower in the AFC South. The New Orleans Saints still have a chance to win the NFC South as well with the defense, but need to play better. But the winners of either division probably have little chance to make a run this year. The best game of the week had to be my Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Miami Dolphins, a team that is well coached and features a high-powered formidable offense. Now, I will admit that I am biased a bit towards the Eagles and the return of the Kelly Green jerseys, but the Eagles faced an uphill challenge containing the two speedsters at receiver and a quarterback that is highly precise in his throws. I will admit that I thought this might be a loss for us. Given the fact that we gave away a game to the woeful New York Jets, my confidence that our secondary could keep Tyrek Hill and Jalen Waddle from making the game a track meet was slim. But to their credit, the Eagles controlled the game. They stifled the running game of the Dolphins and Hill and Waddle were kept relatively in check. They did combine for 140 yards and a touchdown, but it could have been much worse. The defensive line got their sacks and the secondary played up to the moment. This was probably the best performance of the year for the Eagles in terms of overall play. Jalen Hurts did have two turnovers, but the Eagles showed their resilience and still won. Many people are making excuses for the Dolphins. Complaining about the refs. But there were some calls that could have gone against the Dolphins as well. The Kansas City Chiefs continued their winning ways with a comfortable win against division rivals, where Patrick Mahomes threw for over 400 yards once again and Travis Kelsey gained almost 200 yards. All with Taylor Swift in the stadium. After losing to the Detroit Lions with a few of their stars injured or waiting for a new contract, the Chiefs continue to win. The defense is usually a liability for them, but not this year. The real question is who is the best team right now? After seven weeks of play, who is the team that you can reasonably project to represent their conference and win the Super Bowl? The two obvious candidates are the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs, who are both the only six and one teams in the league. The Chiefs should easily win the top seed in the AFC given they have no competition in their division. The Chargers are not reliable. The Broncos and Raiders are not up to par. So it would surprise everyone if the Chiefs do not go 6-0 in their division. Andy Reid has proven that he has the magic formula and should always be considered a top contender as long as he is coaching and Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles are making progress each week, despite the setback at the Jets, which they gave away. Even when they are not playing great, they are still able to control and win games, which is what Fred Warner of the Niners just said is what makes teams be able to go deep in the playoffs. The Eagles still have a tough road ahead with two matchups against the Dallas Cowboys. Games against the Niners, Chiefs, and Bills. But each week they continue to show growth and the coordinators are improving in their play calling. I believe it is a good sign. Many of the sport pundits who really believe they are prophets always want to downplay the achievements of the Eagles. After they declare the Dolphins the best team in the league, they will say the Eagles' win over the Dolphins is not impressive because the Dolphins have not beaten quality teams. But that is the plight of every Philly sports team. The goalposts are always moved. Right now, I would give the nudge to the Kansas City Chiefs the slight edge because of their championship history. But, 
I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are growing into being the best team in the NFL. The gap is not that large. We too have our own Kelsey and Swift must-see combo. Thank you for experiencing this special content on the Christopher Peter Review. Please continue to visit daily for more content. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow.